You are listening to the Power and Pros Podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? We are back with episode two of the Power and Pros podcast. This is your host, Destiny, and if you're new to the show, Power and Pros is a platform that serves as a space for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Um, this podcast is a space of healing and a space for us to truly dive deep into different circumstances or situations that can be preventing us from tapping into our power, and we're kind of unveiling all of those situations together so we can reach our most authentic and best selves. So this week we are talking about power in setting boundaries. Now, boundaries are for you. They could be for other people. They could just be for next time you're in a certain situation. You're only going to go X amount far down that um, situation again. So really want to dive into boundaries, what they mean to me, what they could mean to you guys and how we can set better boundaries in the future to avoid being in certain situations that we could find ourselves in. So last week we talked about power in setting intentions. Intentions are the power up, the power on, the kickstart on knowing what your goal is and then starting to formulate an idea of how you want to get to that goal. So if I want to release a podcast, for example, I have to tell myself that that's my intention. If it's a secret passion, something I don't really want to say out loud or whatever that thing is, the podcast just it's only going to go so far, but it's it's probably not going to happen because the intention hasn't been set. The intention has to be set at the onset of anything that you want to do. And then from there, you can begin to walk down the path of getting to the end goal. So when we bring in talking about setting boundaries, Boundaries come into play to make sure that you stay on track for the path that you have set with your intention. For example, I used to run track when I was little. Shout out to the St. Louis Express track team. Um, Running track was super dope. There were individual events. There were team events that you could do. And one thing that everybody, whether you run track or not, you know for sure, there are lanes. And it's super famous all over social media, the term stay in your lane. The white marks that are on the track, those are boundaries. And if I'm in lane one and you're in lane two, I have to stay in my lane and I can't touch what other people are doing in the other lanes. And most of the time, that's the only way that we think about boundaries is I'm going to do my thing over here and you do your thing over there. What I want to dive into today is how boundaries that you set can actually affect other people. The boundaries that other people put into place for themselves can affect you. And also how boundaries get a bad rep, but staying in your lane can be a good thing. There can actually be too many things on your plate if you try to take in the whole field. And that is where I think anxiety comes from is you're trying to take in the entire landscape of a project, of someone else's emotions, of a situation at hand or in front of you. And because you can't tackle it all at once, you've went outside the boundary line of what you're able to handle at the time. Your authority has been surpassed. That's where we get caught up. That's where we get a little bit tricky. Our power that we have starts to slip a little bit. We feel like we're not as in control and it's because we're not. There is a lack of boundaries. So definitely want to tap into that today, how I've been trying to set boundaries for myself, the challenges that I've had with that and anxious to hear how you guys are setting boundaries and any tips that you have because you'll hear about it in the episode, but it's been a ride the past week or so. So we're talking about boundaries this week. Buckle up, settle in. Here's a power punch for the week, and then we're going to get into it. When I was younger, my throat often felt like it was on fire. Swallowed too many words that should have been said. 
choked on too many tears that had been shed when I was younger. I almost swallowed dirt once. A desperate attempt at honoring the dead. My voice needed a proper memorial. They told me smile, but smile meant suppress. Smile meant smoke, smile meant choke. My chest almost caved in under the pressure. It's hella pressure as a black woman to know when to speak up, be a role model, be smart, don't got time to be a model. We black women always reminded that we black women too loud for you. We black women got work to do. We black women just don't quite feel your mold. Can't be locked inside of your box. The glass ceiling is what we knock, so how dare you try to tell us that we ain't enough. See, I say enough. Enough of you slandering the swan-like way, my next way when I be speaking passionately. Enough. Trying to make me feel ashamed of my tresses and how they choose to coil around your corporate halls. Enough even to our own. For judging us, while eating us, placing our backs against the wall. Can't you see just how majestic we are? Always giving you can speeches to the young black girls, but 18 years later it's with them that we spar. Men always saying, when I have a daughter, would be the same ones harassing women when they can't get a number at the bar. See, I'm here to empower the silenced, the bruised, the battered. Here to tell you your views, your voices, they matter. Here to tell you that if you got to, to cry it out, sis. Here to tell you if there's air in your lungs, to fight it out, sis. Here to tell you that I get it. I was silenced once before. Listen, when I was younger, my throat often felt like it was on fire. Oddly, it feels better now. All right. So setting boundaries can create a lot of emotions, both internally, externally, if your boundaries can affect those around you. And I liken it to when I was on track team. So I ran track from, I want to say, eight to through high school. Um, I loved running track. It was super fun, super exhilarating. You could do things on your own. There were individual races and challenges that you had to undertake. And then there were team events that you could do as well. And I was on the St. Louis Express track team. It was super fun, super exciting. And it kind of really shaped my development as I was growing up. Um, so when you're at a track meet, you have your jersey on. Your jersey has your team on it. You and your team got matching socks, matching shoes. Y'all ready to go. Game faces on. The meet is today and you're ready. With that, everybody knows who your team is now. I'm walking around and St. Louis Express track team is on my jersey. Like that's what we have going on. So when the competition comes around, they're sizing you up. They're looking you up and down, seeing who's doing what. They might ask you a question Who's running first leg? Who's second leg? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? Um, what heat you're in? Trying to see if they're in, if y'all are running against each other or if they're going to have to wait to run against you if y'all make it both to the final round or whatever the case is. And most of the time, we're good when we put our jersey on in the morning. When we, we have our game plan with ourselves, we know the race that we're out to run we feel sure of ourselves when the competition or in the real world other people anybody could be a friend not necessarily a competitor or something that you're trying to do but just an outside force coming with questions having a different jersey or a different way of thinking a different way of going about a same tactic it can make you second guess. You can start to wonder if you should be in the race at all, if you know what you're doing, if you've had enough practice, if you're prepared enough, if you ate enough before, if you drank enough, whatever the thing is, you can start to have nerves. I had nerves every meet and in multiple meets, I had multiple events that I was particular in. Long jump, four by four, 800 meter race, the mile, all of that before each competition, I had nerves. I had to go to the bathroom. I had to have a deep talk with my mama. I had on, um, especially in 08, Lil Wayne was popping. I played this, like, certain Lil Wayne songs before everybody's trying to get me in the zone. And that, for some reason, does not translate over to the real world. So when competition would come by and attract me, 
sometimes I would not engage. It's like, girl, see you on the, on the field, okay? When the gun goes off and we run in, we'll see what happens and go from there. Even if I was nervous, I'm not going to engage. That was my tactic half of the time. And then people, after a while, like, you know, you start seeing the same people at the meets. They would already know. Like, oh, hey, girl. Like, now we can just chat because, you know, the foolery, I'm not going to engage in it. For some reason, in the real world, if I have my mind set out to do something, I'll engage with people. If you question me about it, if you're wondering why I'm doing it, how I'm going to do it, and I might not have all that figured out. Now I'm wondering if I should be doing that at all. Should I tell you everything that I have figured out so far so that way you could tell me your thoughts? I had it figured out when I put my jersey on this morning. I knew exactly what I was going to do, how I was going to do it. And if not, I at least knew what the goal was. The intention was set. And so a boundary that I'm trying to take from my track days to my now days is not having to excessively explain the work that I'm putting in for me. So for example, if someone was saying Lil Wayne's whack, even though that would be a lie, um, especially during that time, why you listen to Wayne before every race? I'm not engaging because this works for me. It's putting me in the zone. This is what I'm going to do. And if I feel like a trapper before I go on a race, I just, I don't know. It works out. Um, and I didn't explain that to anybody. Anybody that asked about my pre-race playlist, it wasn't a thing. And everybody had their quirks, so I think in that community was more so okay. And it's the same thing for the real world. Before a presentation, before a party even, people pre-game different for a party. Like some people need to sleep before they go out. Other people need to be up all day and let the good times roll. Like whatever that thing is. And there are certain situations where we don't question each other before we do something, how we want to get ready. If you put on your concealer before and after your foundation or only after, it's like, you know, certain things people are like, okay, do you happy days, whatever. But recently, well, I guess four months ago, when I started to take myself serious about doing this podcast, releasing it at its most best self to people, and then also just kind of going on a self-discovery journey with myself before releasing my thoughts and all these type of things out into the world, I decided to stop drinking. Um, There was a day where I was on the train. I was thinking about stuff and it wasn't like a horrible day. This wasn't something that I thought I was going to do. And I got home. I listened to some worship music. And I don't know, it just kind of came over me that this is something that I needed to pursue. I even had a bottle of wine at my home at the time and it was unopened and I threw it away. And that was huge because I don't throw away wine. It was the first time in my life that I've thrown away wine and it was unopened. It was insane. I was like, did I really do that? But it was that clear. It was that sharp of a thing that I needed to go forward with. And that clear feeling Especially on that day, I'll never forget it. It was Cinco de Mayo, 2019. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not drinking. And so the podcast comes out. And it was such a wonderful moment. I cried. It was all great and well. But I didn't know when the podcast was coming out. I had a fake date. And it was a real date. But I hadn't done the work for the podcast yet. I was super, super nervous um, about releasing it in the first place. So I was like, am I even going to release podcasts, child? Like, what's going on? So with that, I set this goal that I'm not going to drink. And that was tied to me releasing the podcast is when I can be released from this um, boundary that I set for myself. And it was clear I didn't have all the all the steps. The roadmap wasn't set necessarily, but I knew the intention and I knew the goal and the end date. Even though I didn't know the actual date, I knew whenever the day happened, I'm released from not drinking anymore. And as I started to live it out, I think that day was, single day mile was a Sunday or so, so like next day was a Monday. Monday's easy. No, wait, I'm not drinking on Monday, not drinking on Tuesday, not drinking on Wednesday. Happy hour at work comes Thursday. And I was like, 
this is straight because I'm good. You know, it's only been a couple of days. I'm not an alcoholic. Like, I'm good, whatever. But, and I didn't have to explain it to anybody. It was fine. Nobody was questioning it because it's okay. This is new information. It's been four days since I've drank. Nobody even noticed. Nobody's counting the four days with me. So, boundary set. I know when the end goal is. I'm feeling energized about the podcast. I'm ideating what I'm going to do. I was writing in my little notebook, plans and everything. Everything's great. And I'm so clear on the goal here. But as time goes on, that clear feeling gets a little bit further away from you. So if you go back to our track meet, well, I'm listening to Wayne. I'm in the zone by myself and it ain't my turn yet. You know, a little nervous. Again, a little unclear. I don't know what my competition really has going on, X, Y, Z. But since I know the jersey that I got on and the days I spent in practice, everything's clear. It's like, yep, I'm going to do this. It's going to be fine. I'm talking to myself and giving myself the affirmation that I need to move forward. But once I'm in the blocks and I'm waiting on that gun to go off, my mind is racing. My hands are sweaty. All of a sudden, my ear itches. My if I used to run my glasses on most of the time, my glasses is running down my nose. Like it's it's insane now. It's like I don't know. I don't know. And with the drinking thing, I started to wonder what does drinking have to do with me releasing a podcast? Do I really need to not drink? To release a good podcast? Am I supposed to talk about drinking on the show? Is that what the first episode's gonna be about? How am I gonna do this for all this time when I don't even know when the podcast is coming out? Is it even coming out in 2019 for all I know? Like, what? I wasn't clear anymore. I was so clear that day, enough so much where I threw away the wine that I already had. I could have just saved that. To celebrate once I released a podcast. But it was like to release any temptation to keep me within the boundary that I set for myself. Without even knowing the end date, I took that big of a step by throwing that wine bottle out. Um, So when I was around other people, I all of a sudden felt like, and time went on, I all of a sudden felt is this the right thing? It's summertime. And I'm not drinking. I ain't had no rosé. No, nothing. I love a good Cabernet. Listen, a red wine, it will take me to a, a nice, smooth place. Um, I enjoy wine a lot. Um, I don't know. Tequila, everything. Like, it's summer. Hot girl summer came. Meg, Meg was over here doing the thing for the hot girls this summer. And I... Did not drive the boat, y'all. Like, it didn't happen. Um, And I started to feel weird about that, even, like, in social settings with other people. We have a bar at my job. There's a happy hour every week on Thursday. So how I interact with people at work, even, is now going to be shaped by this new boundary that I set. And I started to second-guess a lot what it has to do with the show, what people were going to think. Especially, I'm going to church more and all these other things. Like, people are going to think I'm fun still. They're going to invite me to the summer festivities. Or mugs going to be like, okay, she ain't drinking. She want to be at home. Even though that ain't true, I want to be out and about like the rest of y'all. Like, what is going to be the result of this boundary? And who all, I started to realize that the boundary affects more people than me. And at first, I only seen it as a bad thing. I'm going to make, I made people feel insecure about their own drinking decisions, I realized, which I wasn't thinking about at all when I set up this rule for myself. And as I started to go about, people were really self-conscious about ordering drinks around me. And I didn't get it. I was like, girl, you had a hard day. You said you was looking forward to this drink. We are here. It's Taco Tuesday. Please order your mark. I'm going to order these tacos and then we're going to talk. Like, I was still the same person. I still popped out at events. I caught myself on a couple rooftops this summer and all of that. But for some reason, when I interacted with folks, it came is they treated me different. And that was difficult for me. And then with that, going back to the competition, sizing you up, people were asking, like, well, why? 
And I wasn't ready to share that I was doing a podcast just yet because I wasn't really sure if I was doing a podcast. So it was, oh, I feel like I needed to pause, which I did feel that. I don't think that the podcast and drinking is a loose tie at all. There's plenty of, plenty of, plenty of days where I've been able to go out with my friends and I get an idea and I was able to actually write it in my notes at that moment or work on it when I get home after being out at a rooftop, at a party, whatever, because I'm not bullish. I'm not off or nothing. Like I'm in my sound mind. I can take these heels off, come home and get back to work. If I had an idea on the train, the plane, anywhere, anytime with anybody, I could act on it. I could flush it out. I could really think it through. Which has led me to the podcast being released quite as kept a month before I wanted to release it. But I think that it's because anytime, any place, God could be able to download something in my mind and I was ready to actually receive it and move on it. Which if I was drinking the whole summer, that would not have been the case. The show wouldn't have been ready. I emotionally wouldn't have been ready. There's a lot of work that I had to do some things that I have to write down that won't even be on the show or go on the Instagram or nothing like that, but just inner work that I had to do that there are a couple of times that I didn't go out because I wasn't drinking and I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't feel like being around people that were, and that created an extra work day for me where I was like, okay, cool. Well, since I'm in, let me go in on this show and like develop this thing out. Or I haven't been writing as much as I need to or would like to. So I can write a couple more poems today or whatever that thing is. If I want to read a book, I finally have time to do that. So alleviating drinking definitely was tied to the show. But in the beginning, I couldn't see that. And other people couldn't either, for sure. And I felt the need to explain I think that there were times where I've been hungover when I didn't want to be, um, didn't enjoy the healing process from that, but it didn't happen every weekend. But there were times where I would play up how much I drank before to explain why I'm cold turkey, not drinking at all in the middle of a New York summer when everybody's drinking every day. And I think that that happens a lot for us as black women is we feel the need to explain to over explain our actions certain words that we use how we style our hair nails anything and I think in this endeavor of not drinking in the beginning I had to excuse myself from the need to explain what I was doing especially since the boundary I created was an inward facing boundary it affected me and me only um In regards to not being able to drink, I guess it could affect other people by how they responded to me not drinking. But as far as people's ability to order a drink or not, that only affected me. And with that, and recognizing that and really diving deep into it, I was like, I don't have to explain why I'm not drinking to people. I don't have to make up nothing and I don't have to not make up nothing. If I felt like explaining to somebody, depending on who it was, like my best friends knew, my line sisters knew, that type of thing, I could tell them. But a coworker, it's like, I don't actually don't have to explain why I don't want to drink today at work. I actually don't want to be here after hours. So I'm actually going to dip and go home. And that's good enough. I, It was a big deal for me to tell myself that. A lot of times especially when you are sure of something or when you're not sure, when you're wavering on something, I got to be sure with me. The only person I have to explain things to is me. And after I get it, that's it. That's the one. That's the one and the two. Who needs to know? Everybody else, it don't affect you. I would love for your support in it. Don't pressure me about it. Don't make me feel bad about it. But if you do, now I'm going to create this additional parameter to protect myself from needing to make you feel more comfortable about a decision that I made for the growth of myself. And once I felt empowered in that, I actually explained more. It's funny that once I told myself I didn't have to explain, I was explaining more, but it's because I got the confidence from holding it for myself that I was able to start telling other people like, yo, well, actually I'm working on a side project and I'm able to get more ideas hella more frequently because even on the weekend even during the week even on the rooftop even wherever I'm in my 100% right mind and I can flush this idea out or I can 
if I get an idea and I'm around some friends, I could be asking them stuff and I'm low-key doing market research with them and they don't even know. But I'm able to think that swift on my feet as soon as I get an idea because I'm 100% in my right mind. And with some of the pieces that I was able to write this summer and developing the show and really what I wanted it to be and that authentic voice piece, drinking can be a mask at times, especially in social settings where you don't present your most authentic self. When you do avoid having to say how you really feel about something or just showing up to the event at all. I think a lot of people, if there's not drinks or open bar, if they low on cash and they can't drink or whatever the thing is, it just won't go and miss out on an interaction or a wonderful event, meeting new people, new experiences, getting a shift of perspective on something. And I have the exact opposite experience this summer. It was really nice to go places and some plows people didn't notice because I would get water or I love a Sprite. So I'll get a Sprite when I go somewhere. So sometimes people see a cup of your hand and trip that you're not drinking alcohol. But even when they did, it was refreshing sometimes to see people's reaction to something that, again, I think is so inward facing and it's only about me and X, Y, Z. But there was a time I was at brunch and I was like, oh, yeah, y'all, like I'm not going to get mimosas. And then. Somebody else didn't get mimosas. And they were like, okay, it's cool. I didn't really want to drink today, but I was going to get something if everybody else was. And I thought that was just really, it was insightful for me on how much power the boundaries that I create for myself can have for other people in a positive way. Because in the beginning, like I was saying, I thought that boundaries, they come off negative. Hey, I can't spend money, so I'm not going to go to your birthday thing. Or... I messed up how I spent money last week because I went to somebody's birthday thing, so I can't go to brunch with y'all today. People take stuff like that personal. It's an inward thing. My finances messed up, which is why I'm not going, you know. But people are like, oh, yeah, all of a sudden she can't go to my thing, but she was at old girl thing last week or whatever that case could turn out to be, depending on who your people are. So I think of boundaries as negative most of the time. Maybe my tone or my delivery isn't what people would like it to be. And that could be the reason why people take it the way that they do at times. And this was the first time that I saw boundaries put in place again for me and kind of singular and how they come about, but had a positive influence on other people, liberated other people and the choices that they felt like they could make in social settings. And that happened a couple times throughout the making of the show and me on my drinking cleanse. So that was really, really, really nice. And because of that, other people's opinions began to drive me even less on drinking. And that turned over into other things. So I'm even more empowered to wear what I want to wear, to say how I feel about a certain political issue or the latest tweet debate or whatever that thing is, because I'm picking up, I'm getting, I'm I'm reserving more of my power for me by one, not explaining what I'm doing to people and two, realizing that what I'm doing can have a positive effect on other people. So with that permission to be and have this experience, not tiptoe around, not drinking, not tiptoe around the fact that it's for a bigger goal that I have for myself, like not drinking, I think was a huge endeavor to undertake, especially as a 25-year-old in a major city during the summer. But I knew that I wanted to be, by the end of the summer, a 25-year-old podcast creator. And that's what drove me the entire time. That's what made me not slip up, even when I stopped turning down brunches and actually did turn up at a brunch sober or went to a party with people sober, went to a rooftop sober and all those things it was because I knew the bigger thing that I had on the other side and I gave my I gave myself permission not to carry other people's doubt of them being able to carry out the boundary that I set for me that's what I found a lot was that people I can't do that or I wouldn't be able to last two weeks without like you know like people started to say what they could or could not do as a means for why I how long am I going to do it? Or 
if have I cheated yet or that type of thing or is it hard? I know it's hard. You probably shaking right now. Let me walk away before you try to take some of my drink. Whatever these things are that people were saying or projecting, I gave myself permission and I have to carry that because I knew what I set out to do. And after a while, once especially once I was declaring what I was doing more forward facing, especially with starting to tell people that I wanted trying to produce a podcast I was like yeah it's actually been two months so I'm not tempted by your drink in front of me at all like I've been doing this thing for two months straight and I'm okay so don't feel weird about me like you know whatever like once I started affirming other people that was even more affirmation for what I was doing because I wasn't looking at the calendar every day like all right day 55 you know just kind of was just going about business as usual And once I was able to profess to other people, like, yeah, it's been this amount of time, it was like, you're doing it. People are trying to speak fear or doubt into what this thing could be. And subsequently, I could start to do that. But once I already declared that I've went past their expectations, they're talking about two weeks and I'm at two months, I'm already past the limitation that the person tried to put on the endeavor that I set out to um reach so that was a big feat for me I started to profess the reason behind the season that I was in of my sobriety and that I was working on a show and that gave me even more affirmation than what I was looking for so my main thing with sharing it was to get people off my back like yo I'm not not drinking just to not drink I actually don't like hangover so that's part of it but it's I'm working on something right now and being able to say that. And then somebody's like, Oh, my cousin started a show. I'll put you in contact with her. Or I saw this thing recently that Spotify is doing for podcasters. You should apply for it. Like opportunities started to come and miracles started to manifest. There's people that I told about this show that I otherwise wouldn't have in normal circumstances. Like if I didn't put this challenge up for me not to drink, I would have just, produce this thing in silence and not told anybody because they wouldn't there was no way they would even know that I was working on it if I didn't if I wasn't tying it to me explaining why I wasn't drinking to people and there's just certain miracles that happened with me producing this show that wouldn't have come to form if I didn't make it public making it public when you're doing something when you have a boundary set can manifest miracles that you cannot accomplish on your own. I'm telling y'all 100% it'll happen. Being scared of what people are going to say, what they're going to think, we always immediately veer left to the negative. But on the other side of that, a miracle is waiting to happen as soon as you make it public to somebody. Um, there are people that I told that got me in contact with other people that could secure a mic for me to record on that could get me exposed to an editing platform to use for the show that I wasn't privy to before I talked to them that could give me my first guest on the show could come from me telling somebody about the show before I was doing it you know what I mean so it's just like I was one nervous if I was going to complete the show and actually put it out but two I don't know I just don't want people in my business but it turned out to be so fruitful and amazing and then also as I was more sure and going back to my Lil Wayne moment of this is what I need to do to set me up for success, people joined in that journey with me in a way that I couldn't imagine. So for drinking, because I was no longer not hanging out with folks and avoiding social settings, once I went out and I had a good friend, she ordered a mocktail for me. She was like, yeah, I'm going to get XYZ thing, whatever she got. And she's like, also, do you guys have like mocktails or anything that my friend could get? Because she's not drinking right now. And I wasn't expecting that. I was going to order a water and move around town. We were at this event. I was ready to be social, chit-chat with her, catch up with her, how her week was going. And didn't promise her to do that. I hadn't ordered a mocktail yet in this stage of me not drinking. So this wasn't even something that she's seen me do before and was just kind of carrying it out. And I ended up getting a mocktail. It was delicious. And it just showed me once you set boundaries, people have no choice but to respect them when you're 
100% and you're, I'm going to throw this wine bottle out, even though it's unopened, that clear, when you're clear about something, you provide clarity for a village of folk. They have no choice but to be clear with you because you're that absolute, your eyes that much on the prize, they can't look nowhere else. And respecting the boundary that I had set empowered me to keep going, that I'm worried about what other people think when they, they're fine. They're 100% in it with me. They understand what I'm doing. They can now ask about the podcast and maybe they ask at the perfect time when I was feeling low about it that week or self-doubting or whatever that thing is. If I would have never told them, there's no way you can stand on the battle lines and on the front line um, in times when I'm not feeling at my most tip-top shape. Um, so I would just implore you guys, after you set a boundary for folk and for yourself, that you make it known. It alleviates ducking and dodging people. I was literally not going out or feeling iffy about going places because I didn't know how people were going to respond to me being sober. And once I got over that, it made the rest of my summer that much better. And I've had a great summer. Um, So I think that set the boundary. And even if it's an inward facing affects you boundary, you could have other people join on the challenge with you. They could keep you inspired as you're going through it. Because boundaries, you're abstaining from something. So it's going to be tough at times. There are times when even after I felt empowered to go out and tell people, hey, I'm not drinking and not be worried about being judged. There were times when I still denied going out simply because I wanted to drink that day. I had a bad week or I simply just missed how wine tastes. It's like, how does what's tequila like again? Like, you know what I mean? And so there were times when I didn't go out because temptation was high that day for me. And by telling your friends or people around you, your coworkers, what you have going on, they can be more empathetic in moments when you can't show up for them, when you can't make it to their rooftop party and they were expecting you to be there, or you can't go to their birthday brunch because they're doing boozy unlimited mimosas and you can't handle the pressure of not ordering that today. Um, and they'll get it. So that is, those are the main things that I got from setting boundaries and you can do anything you put your mind to. Sometimes it'll require creating extra rules to keep the boundaries in place. Like turning down brunch, that's the extra thing. Like my goal wasn't, I'm not going to do brunch and I'm not going to drink this summer. It was strictly, I want to do a podcast and I'm not going to drink until I do it. But within that, I had to throw away a bottle of wine, $25. I wouldn't expect to throw away $25 when I set up that plan. But that extra parameter, if that's what I need to do to make sure that my main goal, I stayed on track for that, I did it. I think that that hungriness, that by any means necessary, that Lil Wayne moment, getting my game face on, getting ready for this, and knowing that I'm ready, that I can actually achieve the goal that I set out to do, that's hard. And that's the inward facing thing. That's the part of the boundaries that you have to prep for. And it's a daily decision to pick it up. I could have stopped at any time and been like, okay, well, instead of not drinking until the podcast comes out, I'm just not going to drink until I get the concept solidified and then I'm good to go because that's when all my good ideas are is in the conception of this thing. But instead of doubting as much, because I definitely doubt it, I set up extra parameters in place and I told people what those things are. Like, yep, this week, I don't know, girl, I ain't gonna be able to go to brunch because it's a shrug for me right now. And that can make you feel hyper-visible, hyper-seen. Now you let people know that it's not a cakewalk for you to be doing this thing, but that you are struggling. But allowing yourself the license to say that that's okay. And again, explain, excuse yourself from explaining, but also explain if you can find power in that, depending on your situation and how personal it is for you. It can be amazing. Another thing that I did was allow myself a guilty pleasure in replacement of so if you set up a boundary to not call your ex because that's toxic for you 
or he did something that you're not ready to discuss or whatever that thing is, that's your drinking. That's your thing that you're just not going to do. But it's a boundary and you're abstaining from doing something that you're used to doing. You might have to allow yourself, you're only supposed to spend in your budget a certain amount to go out. Maybe you need to beef that up because you need to spend more time with your homegirls or going on solo dates because you're not hanging with him like you used to. Or if you're supposed to be abstaining from, I don't know, anything. If you're not supposed to be watching as much TV or you set a limit on your phone for Instagram, whatever that thing is, you're abstaining from that. So if you're abstaining from it, maybe you usually go to bed at a certain time, but you read now instead of being on Instagram. Allow yourself an extra 30 minutes of staying up. Because you're deep in that book and you want to make it to the next chapter. So kind of rewarding yourself for abstaining from the thing that you're abstaining from. And that could push you. It could also kind of supplement your mind from being in a mode of I'm suffering, I'm suffering, I'm suffering, I'm suffering. To a place where you're gaining something even in your place of lack. And obviously praying about it versus acting like you have it all down packed. There was moments when I had to be like, Lord, I need some extra help. Um, There were moments when I needed a reminder of that day when I was so sure and so clear and I threw that bottle away. Um, When I had to get affirmation, I was supposed to do a podcast at all. There were days I'm like, you know what? I can stop this not drinking until the podcast thing comes out because I'm actually not putting out a podcast because I can't do this. I asked for confirmation that I'm supposed to be doing this, that I'm supposed to share my story, to share my writing with people. And once you get it, it takes you back to that place of, of absolute, of this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And you walk that much sure. You walk that much in a place of you ain't tripping. You ain't worried and you all good. You all set. And that temptation that was sitting on your shoulder a few seconds ago, it melts. It goes away. It's done because you've refocused. You're back in the center and pulling God into anything makes it that much easier to stomach. It makes it that much better and it makes it bigger than you. I mentioned my friends before and how I inspire some people, even if it was just one brunch and not for four months, but a moment when it's like, yeah, my money's actually funny and I was going to spend this extra for bottomless, but now I'm not because death isn't. That already makes it bigger than me, but those moments didn't happen every day. But pulling God into it and even being able to record this episode right now, I didn't know I was going to record this episode Cinco de Mayo when I decided not to drink anymore. Um, That I could talk about boundaries and how hard they are and tactics I use and all that stuff. I didn't have any tactics. I didn't have have a boundary up for this. So pulling God in, in those early stages, all the way up until the very, very end, that helps me stay on track for a mission that I didn't even know I was going to be able to accomplish at the end of it. It makes it that much bigger than me and more of a testimony that I can share with other people. If it's all about me, I wouldn't have Looked at myself as like I'm evil or I'm a sinner or nothing like that. If I had a glass of wine literally on Monday, uh, the other day, when I had a bad day at work, I wouldn't have thought of myself evil at all. So I could have broken the pact that I made with myself and there wouldn't have been no super bad reprimand. The sky wouldn't have fell. Nobody would be looking at me like, girl... You were supposed to da da da. Actually, the world would have embraced him. Like, I was surprised you lasted this long, or whatever the thing is. People would have offered to buy me a drink at this point because, like, I'm long overdue in their mind. But pulling him in in the times when I struggled, pulling him in in the times where I didn't know what the end goal was going to be like when my date of launch kept moving, when I was unsure if I was going to release the show at all. It kept me grounded because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about the show. And it was doing work that's going to affect me outside of this episode, outside of the podcast in general. When I'm talking to somebody, if somebody's going through something, I can pull from this experience. Four months worth of not drinking, four months worth of 
doing some deep dive work into my heart posture, my mind, um, how I think about the world, how I interpret different events that happen. Four months worth of discovering my voice, how to share if I'm doing something, how to share that I'm doing it for a certain thing, how to give myself the ability to not have to explain if I didn't want to. All of that, all of that work is useful. It's all for a higher purpose. And I wouldn't have known that or stuck with it for four months without God, period, point blank. So that's the last thing with setting up, setting a boundary. Humans are created with indulgence. We have an indulgence nature. We want to take everything we can as often as we can and not share it with other people. And by pulling in the one that created humans, you can defeat any human indulgence. You can defeat any any stronghold that's telling you that your boundary that you created is too much. And it also holds you accountable when we create our own boundaries, if somebody tells you, you can't go somewhere, you, even if you're upset about it, you won't do it. Like if my mom would tell me something, obviously I listen to her because she's my mom. So whether I'm happy about the circumstance or not, the rule has been set for me to follow. But when I set my own rules or of I'm not going to spend this much out of my check this time or we we can go out, but I'm only going to spend this much, I can... Flake. I can decide, well, I said Tuesday, but I'm going to stop it on Monday. Or um, I said I'm only going to spend $50, but 75 is almost 50 Like, you know, you can start to make up these things and push out the boundary that much further, that much further, that much further. Because we're flawed people. So definitely, definitely, definitely 100% recommend having a conversation with God about your intentions of the boundaries that you want to set so he can reaffirm in those hard times why you're doing it, um, why it's you that's doing not only the why at the end of the day that people are going to see, but the inner work of how it'll make you that much stronger and that much better. He can reveal that to you. And boundaries can be good, y'all. They can inspire your friends. They can inspire people. And they can make you that much stronger for the next challenge that you'll have to undergo in your personal journey and that's what this no drinking challenge has taught me so overall this year I have not drank for five months leading up to the podcast it was four but I did dry January at the beginning of the year to kind of off um kick off 2019 decide what I wanted to accomplish this year and just get my mind right and everything so it's been five months which is almost half the year um which I didn't know I was going to be able to do I think it's hard that's a surefire way to socialize if you're nervous about socializing you can order a drink of people and hold that and sip on it when you don't have anything to say like all of these things so five months of not drinking this year so far is a huge undertaking I'm super proud of myself I didn't know that I was going to share this with you guys so in talking about setting boundaries, let me know what boundaries are you trying to set? What boundaries do you have been tugging at you that you're not sure that you can do? Or boundaries that you've already set, but you kind of slipped up because you forgot the name that was on your jersey because you let the competition size you up a little bit. You got in the blocks and your fingers are sweaty and you tripped off that a little bit too much um, versus realizing that you've been to practice, you got this, you can do it. Let me know. Um, maybe we can strategize some tips together on how you can keep your boundary lines intact so you can achieve the goal that you set out to achieve. We only have a couple months left in 2019, and I want everybody to accomplish everything that this year has for them. If it has your name on it, I want you to claim it for this year because we can. We 100%, 100% can. We just have to tell ourselves that we can. This podcast in January didn't even think about it. It wasn't a thought. It wasn't something that I thought I could do. Um, it was born out of a chat after my first performance, which was not until March. 
And then it wasn't until Cinco de Mayo when I actually started to take it serious, serious and put in some work to get it out into the world. So setting that initial boundary, that initial thing, like I said, can create the roadmap for you to get to that end goal. So please, let's set up some roadmaps. Let's get it done together. I can be your partner in this. I've been here. Um, And I have a couple more boundary lines that I want to set up for myself. Even though I can drink now, there are different things that I want to do to set me up for the rest of this year and ultimately for 2020. So hit me up at powerandpros at gmail.com or on Instagram at powerandprospodcast with your boundaries, your goals that you want to set, and let's strategize. Alright guys, so the power tool for this week is yellow tape. Get you some yellow tape and start outlining those boundaries. If it's something that you need people to stop doing, let them know. If it's something that you want to stop doing, tell yourself. Let yourself know what are those bad habits that you have or what are those things that you're not being as vocal about that you need to be vocal about. What is a boundary maybe that you had in place before That you need to shift a little bit because the season is different or you're gearing up for a new season or there's a season that you weren't being real with yourself about that you wanted before that you are thinking about right now. Whatever that first thing is that came in your head when I said that, what boundary do you need to put in place to get you to that moment of glory that you'll feel with that end goal being met? Yellow tape, y'all. Let people know what it is. Put those caution signs up. Let people know that they can't pass go and collect $200 when it comes to this certain thing. That's it. That's where the power is going to come from this week. I'm telling y'all it's a, it's amazing. I've only done a little bit of it. So I got to put up some more yellow tape myself, but we can do this together. Let me know what your yellow tape, um, caution signs are for the week for people. If it's something with an ex-boyfriend or a best friend with a coworker or with family, Hit me on email and let me know because I need tips. If you have tips, if you've been setting boundaries um, for longer than three weeks like me, let me know what's up, what's going on at powerandpros at gmail.com. You can also hit me on Instagram at powerandprospodcast. Let me know what's going on. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Um, Appreciate you all so much and have a great time setting boundaries this week. That's all for this week's episode. Be sure to hit me on Instagram at Power and Pros Podcast with how you are embodying standing in power this week. Got some pros you want to share? Shoot me an email at powerandpros at gmail.com. If you love what you heard on the show, don't forget to download, review, and subscribe. Have an amazing week, and remember, there is power in pros.